0: Welcome to the Engage and Equip podcast. This is a resource designed to help form substantive disciples for the local church. We're starting a new mini-series in this episode called Clarity Check. We'll periodically release episodes under this name, which are concepts that if they're fuzzy in your head, they'll leave you confused, but if you get these clear, they can change your life. So in this, the first of our Clarity Check episodes, Nick Gibson and I are going to be talking about his sermon from March 3rd, talking about unbelief, ignorance, doubt non-belief and disbelief, and how we can distinguish between those and treat each of those categories. You can also find more resources about this specific topic at the Engage and Equip blog, a link to which you can find in the description. Thanks for listening. Hey everybody, welcome to Engage and Equip. I am John, the communications coordinator here, and I'm here with the Reverend Dr. Nick Gibson. (laughs) Are you are you either of those things? Uh, uh,
1: legally, I'm a reverend, but not ordinationally. I'm we're not in a major denomination, okay, great.
0: and not um, a doctor no. So yeah, Nick Gibson. Um, so in this episode, we are going to be beginning a mini series that we're calling Clarity Check. These are not things that will happen. All in a row, but periodically throughout the upcoming weeks and months, if there's something from the sermon that we want to be able to tease out a little bit more, we're going to have one of these episodes that we call Clarity Check, where we can talk about that specific thing. So this past Sunday, we talked about unbelief and why we need to face it and why it's deadly and some of the different ways that unbelief can show up in our lives, whether that's as non-belief or doubt, etc., etc. So what we wanted to talk about in this particular episode is to clarify what those things are and what the treatments are f- are for those yeah and why it's important yeah so people to know those.
1: people who know me and, and the some of the ministry I do know that I'm only good for a couple of things mm-hmm. right i'm not i'm not one of these holistic people who does everything well and one of them is making complicated things clear mm-hmm. right and so um i think that's really important so this will include stuff from sermons that needs to get reiterated it also just like I will have thoughts at some time and be like, that's a clear thought. We need to talk about yeah. it. like this. We'll do what we should do on a sophistication line, some other yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. Anyway, so this one is on unbelief. Okay. Mm-hmm. So a couple of things we should talk about. First is unbelief is the sin mm-hmm. all the way through the Bible. Mm-hmm. So literally from Genesis three, where sin enters the story all the way through till the end where people don't see the end time things happening. They're not willing to believe them and they Mm -hmm. don't recognize them, even though they've been told about them. Mm -hmm. Unbelief is the only damning sin and it is the sin. Mm -hmm. So, and you can track this all the way through. And I mean, I just go on for a couple of hours on just this idea that like Adam and Eve don't believe God not to eat the tree. They believe Mm -hmm. Satan instead. That's unbelief. Right. Mm -hmm. And then um, Cain is struggling with resentment in the next chapter and mm-hmm. God says, this isn't what you're for. You're not supposed to hate your brother. You need to know that if you do the right thing, yeah. I will reward you. Like I reward your brother and, yeah. um, and Cain kills his brother instead, right? Mm-hmm. That's unbelief. He doesn't say, you know, you're right. Mm-hmm. I need to embrace the truth. I need to embrace you God. And yeah. I need to do what's right. Yeah. Instead. He disbelieves that he doesn't accept it. Mm-hmm. And the result is some uh, attending sin. Mm-hmm. And so idolatry is unbelief, Mm -hmm. right? Because you're believing in something else other than God and you should know better. And then that always results in some kind of other sin. Yeah. But this only sin that can kill you is unbelief because Mm -hmm. unbelief is the only sin that can keep you from redemption.
0: Mm -hmm. So I think a, a thing that may be helpful to clarify is I think many people have probably heard, you know, pride is the worst sin. So can you tease out the relationship between unbelief and pride, and then what it is specifically about unbelief that then makes it the right. the damn yeah. Accident. When I say
1: unbelief is the only sin that can kill you, yeah. I am using the word "kill" as a euphemism for eternally damn. Mm-hmm. Right, that is the complete loss of your personhood, the disintegration of your being, mm-hmm. and the, your ultimate lostness. Yeah, and God's not just allowing you to be lost, but His judicial thrusting you out into nothing or into damnation or to punishment. Right. Right. So like, so I'm, so other sins can kill you, Mm -hmm. right? Like if you get involved in violence, you can get yourself killed. That's Mm -hmm. not what I mean. I mean, damn okay. So there, so there's three things we should think of their relationship to each other. Right. And, And I, I would normally wrap this around idolatry, but let's just not, complicate it further. So there's what the Bible calls the flesh
0: This is clarity check after all. It is after.
1: So there's what the Bible calls the flesh. That is what's in you that is opposed to God.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: It
1: is in some ways rooted in your physical flesh because it has to do with your glandular desires and your instincts and so on. And a lot of what takes us sideways is rooted in our instincts gone wrong. Mm -hmm. And so it, in some ways it is your physical flesh and your biological existence of yourself but there's a lot that's part of your body and your biological existence that would not fall under the flesh. So it's Mm -hmm. a fairly complicated idea. So that's why the new Testament, the NIV called it the sinful nature. Yeah. Which is also a bad, you've, you've (laughs) you've heard the podcast, you know this. Yeah. Two, um, is, uh, unbelief. Mm -hmm. So there's a flesh There's unbelief. And then the third part would be pride. Okay. So Mm
2: -hmm.
1: these are all closely related. Okay. So the flesh wants to protect itself. So the flesh must be first. Mm hmm. So the disordering of reality where I am first rather than the creator, right? Hmm. That is pride, Mm -hmm. right? It's, it's the belief that you are first and that all things should take their place related to how they relate to you. Mm -hmm. Right. And so unbelief is the rejection of God and his place in everything, Mm -hmm. which is also a manifestation of pride. Right. Right. So, um, so unbelief is sort of the action and the state of mind and the disposition. Mm -hmm. I don't believe God. I believe something else and I should believe God. And it is a moral failing that I am not believing God and believing something else. Mm -hmm. That is the sin of unbelief. We'll get into other difficulties believing in a minute. Yeah. And then pride is what will keep you there. Mm -hmm. It is the disposition of self-centeredness of it's a lack of Mm self-forgetfulness. It's a self focus and it is a, a, failure to place God at the center where he belongs. Mm-hmm. Right. And it is therefore a misord- misordering of your entire relationship with everything. Yeah. Right. And the, the flesh is always wants that because the flesh wants what it wants. It doesn't want to be told what to do. Right. It wants to express itself however it wants, which is right. Which is our internal experience of our self-centeredness. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that mentally the way that internal like deep self-centeredness mm-hmm. expresses itself in our conscious mind is through the disposition of pride. Yeah, what it produces in relationship to our faith is unbelief. Mm-hmm. I will not submit to God. Mm-hmm. So you can be proud, but pride becomes unbelief when it says, "I know what I should submit to." Yeah, or I should know, and I ref- I won't know. I refuse to know, mm-hmm. or I do know, and I just won't do it.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. It's helpful. It's an,
1: it's insubordinate faith.
0: Yeah, right. So one of the things we talked about on this past Sunday was it can be helpful because unbelief matters. Right. It can be helpful to know other things that may masquerade as unbelief right. so that you can actually get to the root of what's going on. Right. Okay. So let me
1: stop because I didn't yes. say what the pastoral thing was for that last bit. Great. So basically the reason why I put pride and unbelief in the flesh together is mm-hmm. because in you, that's the war like you basically your whole job of what your spiritual life is negatively speaking is you are trying to kill those three things. Yeah. And they're all kind of manifestations of the same thing. in just slightly different ways.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so therefore you have to kill pride and humility is your greatest friend.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. You have to believe in Jesus mm-hmm. and you have to kill unbelief and you have to respond to the spirit and to the spirit regenerated conscience in you and you have to kill the flesh. Yeah, that is the inner. Now you've got, you've got the input of devils, Mm -hmm. right? Temptation, we call it. And, but you you also have the power of the spirit Mm -hmm. and you have the world in trying to influence you. And then you have all the ways God has tried to influence us with his written word, Mm -hmm. with the church, what we call fellowship or Mm -hmm. Christian community with worship, all those things. Right. So there's external things that are part of that, but your main negative job Mm -hmm. is to kill the flesh, believe instead of fall into unbelief. And to grow in humility rather than pride. And so therefore, you have to actively be attacking all three of those. Yeah. Both separately and together. Yeah, That's your job. And yeah. so you have to every day be seeking to kill the flesh mm-hmm. and figure out what it means to walk by the spirit today. Mm-hmm. You have to look for unbelief. Where in your life will you not trust God? Yeah, And you need to repent and believe. That's why Jesus says repent and believe. Right. Mm -hmm. And Martin Luther said, all of life is repentance and belief. Why? Mm -hmm. Because all of sin is unbelief. Mm -hmm. Right. And so what you have to do is locate unbelief, repent of it and believe that is believe rather than be in unbelief. Right. And then what covers unbelief up is pride. And Mm -hmm. what makes you feel safe in your unbelief is pride. And what makes you think that unbelief is noble or good or beautiful or helpful is the foolishness that pride persuades you is real. Mm -hmm. So you have to kill pride with humility. Right. And so now there are, there's a positive job in spiritual growth, walking with the spirit, Mm -hmm. seeing the beauty of God, engaging in worship, loving God in prayer. Like there's all Mm -hmm. that positive stuff, but the negative stuff, which you cannot be unvigilant about is you are killing these three things every day or they are killing you to quote John Owen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's the, like the pastoral, like if you're not engaged in killing those three things, they are engaged in killing you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So then the issue is, okay, wait. Are you saying that in every case where I'm having trouble believing something, Christianly speaking, mm-hmm. that I'm just in unbelief and I'm mm-hmm. just wallowing in sin and
0: about to die, and about die. to die. <laughs> yeah. And
1: right. Is that all there is? Yeah. Right. And that's the point I was trying to make on Sunday. The answer is no, mm-hmm. no, there are, there are multiple human phenomenon that make it difficult for you to believe that are not unbelief mm-hmm. and they're in the Bible. Right. So it's not like I'm now getting away from the Bible and away from Christianity and talking like psychobabble (laughs) and like, well, let's talk about these things and then let's try to put them together somehow. No, they're Mm -hmm. all in the Bible. Yeah. And so, um, I just isolated four other ones on Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. There may be 160. I mean, I just don't really know. Yeah. But just what I want, sometimes what you have to do when we have concepts that are too narrow before they can become clear, they have to get more complex before they get more simple. Mm. Um, you find that with people all the time. They want mm-hmm. a simple answer right now. And you're like, well, I really would love to give you a simple answer, mm-hmm. but they're actually the reason you're having this problem is you're thinking about this too simplistically. Yeah. And it's because you're naive. You can't be wise. Mm-hmm. And because you can't be wise, you end up behaving foolishly. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes you have to make it more complicated before you make it simple. So I, but as a pastor, like you're trying to help somebody, you don't want to make it any more complicated than you absolutely have to. Right. Right. So I only complexified it four steps Mm -hmm. okay which i
0: think is reasonable (laughs) out out of the 160 who
1: knows how many there are right Right. god only knows right so and as human beings we we never know the truth exactly as it is Mm -hmm. even in most of the stuff god tells us are analogies yeah right so they're reliable analogies we can believe we believe the truth that we know what the analogies basically mean Mm -hmm. but like Jesus is the son of God by analogy. Like he's always existed. Sons by definition didn't exist and then did exist. Yeah. Like there are ways in which Jesus is the son of God or the Christ is the son of God. Mm -hmm. And there are ways in which he's not like the son of God.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Right.
1: And so, and and that's true for everything in our faith. Like I'm sure whatever God is in the Godhead is not exactly what we think of in the Trinity. Right. Like I, I assume the Trinity is a fairly primitive way of understanding. Right. What the Godhead is like, but we just don't know a better one.
0: Right. Besides the statement. Mystery, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah,
1: so like we have shown how the Trinity is not a contradiction, yeah, but we have not shown how it works, right? Which for an infinitely complex God, not understanding how his interpersonal being exists doesn't bother me,
0: right? Yeah, that that probably should happen,
1: yeah. I mean, that's, <laughs> so anyway, um, so here are the four things. Okay, so these are the things that I, I isolated. So there there are five things at least that could make it hard for people to believe. Ignorance, just a lack of information. Mm-hmm. Um, doubt the internal unshakable feeling that you're just not sure enough Mm -hmm. to put you the full weight of your belief in something right. Um, Three is non-belief, which I've just said I've said is basically you have information, but you remain unpersuaded. Hmm. Right. And then disbelief I've used to say, it's been explained to you. You understand the concept. It's not that it's unpersuasive but you just find it unbelievable. Hmm. Okay. But you don't find it unbelievable because the person is describing a round triangle. Right. You find it unbelievable because it just feels inconceivable. Mm -hmm. So like when you say a perfect, Holy God loves you. Right. And let's say that you understand how not particularly pretty you are morally speaking. Right. Mm -hmm. You could be like, that's, there's no way that's true. Mm -hmm. Right. Or you could, you could hear about what God thinks of sin. And like how morally serious God is and how he will destroy his own image bearers over it. And you'd be like, but you also hear how God is so loving and gracious. You'd be like, Mm -hmm. there's no way he does that. Mm -hmm. There's no way there could be a hell. Mm
2: -hmm. Right.
1: And like, I get that. Yeah. Like I feel that way half the time. Yeah. I don't, I just don't understand how those go together. Mm -hmm. Right. But the way I understand it is I know that God is way more emotionally complex than I am. Mm -hmm. And that my sense of what is emotionally possible is like infantile. Yeah. And so, I need to leave myself open to the fact that maybe God tells us things about himself that we wouldn't naturally put together. We don't mm-hmm. even know how to put it together. Right. So, those are the four things. Yeah. Ignorance, doubt, non belief, disbelief. Mm-hmm. Right. And then the fifth, of course, is unbelief. Right. Unbelief is the moral failing to refuse to believe what you should believe, to fail to know what you should know.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. So, and I add that second part you fail to know what you should know because a lot of people will say, I don't know that God is real. I don't know that Christ is the savior. Like, I don't know that. Why quit pretending. I know that. And my response to that is read the first two chapters of Romans really, really, or three chapters of Romans really, really, really slowly. Mm -hmm. There is a huge theme in those chapters about that. The way we protect ourselves from facing what God wants us to face is the suppression of truth. Yeah. That we are truth suppressors um Calvinists call this the noetic effects of the fall mm-hmm. the the mental or or emotional effects of the fall that they're very deep in us. Mm-hmm. And if you say well wait what do you mean very deep? Well that's the problem. The human psyche is an extremely complicated thing and your conscious mind isn't really your deepest mind.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And if what Christians call original sin the original effects of sin on us are do affect the deepest parts of us. Mm-hmm then you don't really even know sometimes where and how you're suppressing the truth. And that is one of the most fundamental Christian doctrines of sin that goes all the way back to the beginning. Mm -hmm. And I think it's really helpful in an era where people talk about how we can't know anything and we Mm -hmm. need to doubt ourselves. Yeah. I mean, Christianity kind of believes that that's why it's a revealed religion. Mm -hmm. We believe in a revelation because God is basically saying you could have put this together for yourself Mm -hmm. just with natural revelation. You could observe, observed your humanity and observed creation. And if you would have done that faithfully, you would have come to the same conclusion I'm going to tell you, mm-hmm. but you never will because you're two, you're truth suppressors. Right. So I'm going to have to come into your presence and bark into your face with spit spraying. So obvious a revelation that you like have to reckon with it. Yeah. Right. And so I'm going to give you a Christ who you're going to crucify and he's going to rise from the dead and he's going to do miracles. And then I'm going to give you a written word that spans more than a thousand years of history and has all these repetitive stories that are completely different and yet all the same. And Mm -hmm. like they build into this magnificent revelation with different genres and like, I'm going to do all of this Mm -hmm. so that you have a chance to get it. And then I'm going to give you my spirit so that you could. Yeah. Right. So, okay. So that's, unbelief mm-hmm. and you have to understand the noetic effects of the fall or you will be like oh unbelief unbelief." like you you won't take that concept seriously enough
0: yeah
1: um but the bible is saying no you lie to yourself and you don't want to know what mm-hmm. you should know and then you pretend like you don't know it and so you say well how can it be bad that i don't believe i just don't right but that's a little like when parents raise kids when you rate you'll find this out when you raise kids right <laughs> there's you'll be like I told you to do this. And they'll be like, you never told me to do that. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I told you to do it this morning. Mm-hmm. Like I, I can think off the top of my head of at least five times I've told you to do it. And I know I've told you like 600. Mm-hmm. And they, listen, they will. The kids will say to you, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Until you tell them, okay, you're 12. That excuse will never work again the rest of your life with me. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like it's a, like a key on the keyboard that broke. Right? It's over (laughs) like you're old enough to, I've told you things a thousand times, Mm -hmm. you know, me as your father, you know, what I approve of and what I don't approve of. Mm -hmm. And if you would have thought for a minute, what I approve of rather than what you wanted, you would have known. I didn't want you to do this. Mm -hmm. The only way you could have thought you could do this is if you didn't want to know you shouldn't do it. I actually think every Christian parent should do that with their kids yeah. because you you should be teaching them about unbelief, Mm -hmm. right? So I think that's really important. So that's why I've gone on about it for a little bit here.
0: Great. Yeah. I think that's a helpful way to flesh out. Yeah. What unbelief is before we start to tackle the other different ways that it, uh, that other things show up as unbelief, getting clear on what unbelief is can help us see the other things for what they are. Yeah. So,
1: and and one of the reasons I broke this down is so that you can, you can help yourself right. You can look at your own difficulties in believing any particular thing, mm-hmm. religious or non-religious, right? I, I think these are universal concepts, right. And but you it can also help you in relating to another person. Mm-hmm. what's going on, and what's the remedy and mm-hmm. what's really happening?
0: Yeah, great. So let's go through these four and briefly touch on with each one of these, how does it how does this particular one manifests itself and then what is the treatment for it and then at the end we can wrap it all back to so what does that show us about how to identify and deal with unbelief so hopefully hopefully we can follow that track we'll see how that goes
1: yeah i'll try to feel free to interrupt me i will john yeah Um, so first one yeah ignorance Ignorance, yeah so ignorance is a is a lack of lacking of education. Mm-hmm. It's a lacking of information that you don't have the information you need to do the basic reasoning to come to the conclusion. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think I said this in my sermon. I met with a person like last week or the week before that they didn't know who what the big and little numbers in the Bible were. Mm-hmm. I said, do you, have you ever heard of the story of Daniel and the lion's sin? And the person was like, should I have heard
0: of that? <laughs> you
1: know? Yeah. And so, I,
0: like, I actually remember a time that Vince was telling me about a guy who he was walking through the Bible and he was reading through the gospel of John. He was like, dude, Jesus came back to life at the end. And Vince was like, oh my, I I had no concept that somebody could have ignorance about (laughs) that, you know? So it can be helpful. Yeah. It can be helpful to recognize that's a real thing.
1: Yeah. And so um, I remember Don Carson saying that he sat down to do a, like an interview Mm -hmm. for a like well, like an ABC special on the Bible kind of thing where they mm-hmm. get all these like scholars to tell you the Bible isn't right and that Jesus was right. And so <laughs> she's interviewing him and she's like, okay, I've been reading the Bible now for like two weeks mm-hmm. and I think I've got <laughs> the general thing. Yeah. She didn't even really understand what a testament was.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And she's interviewing people to do a show on yeah. what the Bible is. Yeah. Right. And now on one level that just shows you what journalism is like, like you've got to learn and you've got to become an expert on a new subject every week and yeah, pretend right. you know something about right. it. It's a difficult profession. Right. I mean, I want nothing to do with that kind of thing. Right. So I don't, it's not, I mean, she's probably doing the best she could, but like yeah. Carson was like, this is funny that you think you can even know what questions to ask. Yeah. Right. And so, um, that's ignorance. Yeah. Right. And, and here's the thing we need to understand when it comes to religious things and spiritual things, Um, you can have a PhD in like women's studies or particle physics, Mm -hmm. but you can still be incredibly ignorant when it comes to what God is speaking and showing about himself in the revelation of Jesus Christ or the revelation that he demonstrates in the word of God written in the Bible. And that's, you, you can't, you, what unbelief will tell you is, so don't try. Mm -hmm. So don't try. Like if you, if you feel your curiosity being destroyed, By the fact that you don't know it, that's Mm -hmm. unbelief. You don't want to know the truth. You're not curious. Yeah. Right. What could be more amazing than the potential even Mm -hmm. of finding out that there is a God. He has spoken and shown himself. He is morally serious and yet loving. Mm -hmm. He has a plan for your life. He's created you with purpose. Like if you don't care about that, I don't know what to tell you. Like Mm -hmm. you're not responding to your deepest humanity. Yeah. And so, um, And and so for each of these, there is a, there is a, a purer version and Mm -hmm. a more innocent version. I just don't know. Mm -hmm. But then if, if when it's being remedied, like, well, here's some information or would you like to know the information, you find yourself being disinterested or resistant to it just kind of naturally and emotionally, that is good evidence that unbelief lies below the ignorance. Right. Right And at that point, you, then now you, we go back to here are the three things you're doing right. negatively. Right. It's right.
0: kind of like it's kind of like if you have a meeting set up with somebody, or, or like somebody invites you to something, and you're like, "Oh, I can't go because of this reason." And then that reason gets cancelled and you're like, "Oh, well, I still don't want to go." Yeah. <laughs> it's like that's kind of what's happening as you go through the remedy of these, right? is like you're, you're identifying ignorance as the problem. You learn something and then you're like, well, I still don't believe. Right. That's showing unbelief.
1: Yeah. And that, I mean, people sometimes do that in medicine because it's sometimes difficult to figure out exactly what's going on. Yeah. And so there's not always a test for every medical malady. And so sometimes they'll say, well, let's try this. If it's this, this will cure it. Mm-hmm. And then if it doesn't, we'll know that it's this or this or this. Yeah. And that's never an encouraging way to receive medical treatment. <laughs> but sometimes that's the best yeah. that, a, that a, a very competent right. medical person right. can yeah, do. It's
0: helpful to know. Right. It's helpful to know if it is or isn't something. Right. As opposed to just dealing with the amorphous feeling.
1: Yeah. And so if you feel like you're, what you're struggling with is ignorance, like you just don't know the information. Yeah. Great. The treatment for that is get the information. Yeah. Right, and there's the the church is full of ways to help you. Yeah, there's written Bibles that don't cost very much, and you can read. Mm -hmm. But there are really good churches and very loving people, and all kinds of ways to get biblical instruction. Yeah, there's some really great. There's some terrible stuff on YouTube, but there's some really great stuff just on YouTube. (laughs) Yeah, um, and uh, like the Bible is it the Bible Project, the Tim Mackey thing, Bible Project, like that one. There's some videos on that that I'm not a huge fan of. Yeah but um, they're individual. This what ha- this is what happens in this book of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Videos are very good. Yeah. So um, I would, I mean, there's lots of ways to get yeah. good information. Plus we've got a thousand hours of sermons online. And right. Like, like you can find out. Yeah. Great. If you are completely ignorant about Christianity, um, if you go on our website and you go a couple of years back, there's a series all the way through the gospel of Mark, mm-hmm. which is a lean and mean gospel or the life of Jesus, mm-hmm. where I preach through that whole thing in a series. Mm-hmm. And um that would be a decent place to start.
0: Yeah. So that would be highpointchurch.org slash sermons. And then under the sermon series section, find Mark. Yes. So that's ignorance. That is one way that something can feel like unbelief, but ignorance is not unbelief. So the second one that you list is doubt.
1: Yeah. So doubt is a little bit more complicated in that it can have a number of things that produce it. Mm -hmm. So um, one of the things we talk about in depression is that mm. there's probably not one depression. Yeah. There's probably like yeah. 50 different kinds of depression. They all manifest themselves as like feeling depressed, mm-hmm. but that you could be depressed because of a like an imbalance in your brain. You could be depressed because your girlfriend of two years broke up with you. Right. You could be depressed because your life just is just vaguely not working out. Mm-hmm. You have a, like a recurring health problem. You can't seem to get over and it just wears mm-hmm. you down. Or a, mul- or a multiplication of a number of different factors yeah. can yeah. lead to depression, right? Doubt is kind of like that, that you can end up in doubt for a lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. And so, <clears throat> but um, in the book of Jude, in Jude one twenty two, Jude says, be merciful to those who doubt,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? And in those verses, I, I encourage people to read the three or four verses around that because he actually talks about a number of different ways you're supposed to help people. Mm-hmm. So for people who are sinning, he's like snatch people from the fire. Mm-hmm. Like grab them and pull them out of it, mm-hmm. right? But for doubt, he says, be merciful to them. Yep. Don't hammer on people who who are struggling, yeah. right? God says in a number of places in scripture, if you seek him with if you really seek him with all your heart, okay, mm-hmm. this see get get it mm-hmm. without unbelief, mm-hmm. right? We well, see if you see, if you seek him with unbelief yeah. in your heart, you're not seeking him with all your heart. Mm-hmm. And you will only find God If you seek him with all of your heart, Mm -hmm. there's so many people, there's probably people listening to this podcast right now who believe, who really believe they have sought God with all their heart Mm. and they're pissed and they're angry because they have not found him Mm. in a way that they feel is real. And my response to you is go back to what I said about the noetic effects of the fall, how we lie to ourselves and don't want to know the truth. And you ask yourself in as stark and honesty as you possibly can. Did you really seek him with all of your heart.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I know that that can be psychologically difficult because I guess you could always say no to that. Right. But I think that's literally the case. I don't think anybody ever really seeks God with all of their heart, mm-hmm. but there is enough of all of your heart where mm-hmm. God mm-hmm. responds. Yeah. And that is when you eradicate and push out pride unbelief, and the flesh enough that you really open yourself to him. And, yeah. and then he's revealed to you. So, yeah. um, if we want to help people in doubt, mm-hmm. what we don't do is reject what God says. God says, if you seek me, you'll find me. If you seek me with all of your heart, he's patient. Mm-hmm. He's merciful mm-hmm. in the seeking process and he's merciful. He's very merciful towards the weak. So for example, in Isaiah, it says about the Messiah that a flickering candle or a flickering, wick, he won't blow out. Mm-hmm. Like in the most, mm-hmm. the most delicate moment, he won't do the little tiny bit necessary to extinguish it. Mm-hmm. He has no interest in extinguishing you, mm-hmm. right? Or a little piece of grass that's bent over he won't bend it over the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. He's that gentle. Um, when the difficulty of humanity is truly infirmity, yeah. weakness, brokenness, hurt, yeah. He he doesn't crush you, right? He is he is the Bible calls the balm of Gilead. He, I mean, mm-hmm. like he is that ointment to put on the incurable rash and or that or that festering cut that just is full of infection that you mm-hmm. think is going to lead to amputation. Like he is that ointment that really can bring healing and cure. And like, he wants yeah. people to realize that's his heart towards them. Yeah. And so what he wants you to do to people in doubt is to be merciful to them. Mm-hmm. And so if you are in doubt and people are merciful to you mm-hmm. and it annoys you, mm-hmm. right? Um, Because see, if unbelief is using doubt, mm-hmm. unbelief is using doubt as a passive exit.
2: Hmm.
1: Right. Because if you want to walk away from God Mm -hmm. and you want to feel completely justified in doing it, right. There's the only way to do it is to say, I don't believe anymore.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Right. I just don't believe I have to be honest with myself. I have to be honest with everybody else. Mm -hmm. I just don't believe anymore. Yeah. And so what you need is it's kind of like the person who wants to get a divorce and they say, well, I'll go to counseling. Mm -hmm. Right. And they go, you can set your watch by this. You're going to be a pastor. You know this. I'll tell Mm -hmm. everybody who's believing. Mm -hmm. If somebody really wants to get a divorce, and they're not listening Yeah. in their heart. And, and, and maybe they think they're listening, but they're not
2: mm-hmm.
1: set your watch. They will go to three counseling sessions
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then they'll stop going. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I it's probably happened two dozen times in my ministry. Mm-hmm. You have a couple, they say they want to go to counseling or the person who, who initiates divorce says, I want this to work. I don't want to get divorced. Okay. Or yeah. you can go to marriage counseling. Yeah. I guess I'll, yeah, I'll try it. I, yeah, I want, I mean, yeah. I want it to work. Yeah three appointments mm-hmm. because now partly it's so that they could say in court that they gave it a the college try. Right. But I actually think that some of them for the, for three appointments, they really persuade themselves that they really do want it to work and they're doing mm-hmm. their best. But you know, it's the same old stuff just coming up with the counseling session right. that always came up at the house. Right. 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 And, but what's really going on is they've made up their mind. Mm-hmm. They want out and they're leaving. Yeah. And they are going to use the cover of honesty To do so yeah and that's what that's how unbelief uses doubt yeah so sometimes we just have doubts and sometimes people I think um, end up losing their faith because they have doubts that are not dealt with Hmm. right we'll get to that in non belief Mm -hmm. but uh, the way unbelief wields doubt for its own purposes yeah is Mm -hmm. that it it uses it as a way to slowly walk away from God and to display to every believer there's nothing you can do about this mm-hmm. and there's, you can't make me feel bad about this and you mm-hmm. can't hold me accountable about this. And I should feel no shame for this mm-hmm. because it's a, it's just happening to me Yeah, and I just have these doubts and they, nothing can happen. Right. Yeah. And when you're trying to do that and people are merciful to you, you'll come back. You'll listen, you'll get there. God mm-hmm. will walk with you. You don't need to walk away from him. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you're having, you're having trouble, but believing God in the dark, like Job is what we mm-hmm. are sometimes called to do. Right. And if that annoys the crap out of people, then they need to start grappling with their mm-hmm. hearts that maybe they more of their doubt is unbelief than they want to admit. Yeah. Cause there's always real doubt, Yeah. but we are, so, but, but unbelief is always hiding under mm-hmm. the concealment of our suppression of the truth. Mm-hmm. And it is raising the other difficulty above that concealment. Mm-hmm. So the other difficulty feels obviously honest and unbelief appears to not be present at all. Right. And what we need to do is when the treatment doesn't work, yep the first thing we should say is, okay, wait, why didn't the treatment work? Right. 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 Is it that doubt is really Mm non-belief? And so we need to give it the non-belief treatment. Right. Or is it really that I have a lot more unbelief? Right.
0: Than I want to admit. Yeah. So first one, ignorance. And the question to ask is, is there more I can learn? And if you learn more and that helps the problem, it was probably ignorance. If it didn't, it is something else. Second one, doubt that, um, And to ask the question, are people showing me mercy and is mercy helping me with this problem or is it just annoying me? Right. So then third non-belief.
1: Yeah. So non-belief is you're having trouble with the reasons for faith, right? Mm -hmm. So in first Peter three, it says, um, always be prepared Mm -hmm. to give the reason for the hope that is within you and do this with gentleness and respect. Peter understood that that Christians needed to be ready to give people reasons Mm -hmm. why the information doesn't necessarily speak for itself. You have to help put the information together as an interpretation and conceptualization of reality so that people go, Oh, the gospel is true Mm -hmm. and I should believe it. Mm -hmm. And it should be the foundational truth by which I believe in other things Mm -hmm. and understand other things. So if you're in disbelief, you have enough information, but you, it's not, Put together in your mind In a sufficiently persuasive way Yeah So what you actually need Are arguments Yeah You need persuade per, persuasive discussions Yeah now, You don't need people Putting pressure on you Yeah But you need people Seeking to persuade you Giving you good reasons To believe something mm-hmm. You should want them hmm You know Um. And if and, and this is especially true If you're already A professing Christian
2: Mm-hmm
1: Right And you've got some kind of doubt And you're like I think the doubt is That my reasons are insufficient Well then you should want reasons Yeah And if you find yourself No reason is ever good enough. Mm -hmm. So if unbelief is the main thing under disbelief, no reason will ever be good enough. Yeah. This is especially true when either the person can't refute the reasons. Mm -hmm. They refute it in sort of really picky ways. Mm -hmm. um, Or they just just keep changing the subject every time you give them a reason. Right. Which is extremely common in progressive times because... People believe in a r- lots of reasons very shallowly mm-hmm. rather than any particular reason in a deep, well-formed way usually right. because of the way the media functions and all that. Right, And so when you say, okay, that thing that I, I see that you have that mm-hmm. like assumption that like Christians hate gays or yeah. that we're anti-science or yeah. something like that. Let me, let me explain to you that that's just not true. Yeah. Right. And then you start breaking that down and then they start changing the subject, mm-hmm. coming up with like sort of like persnickety kinds of objections mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or no evidence is ever enough that's an indication that that's not the real problem. Now here's the, here's the problem with that. It still could be disbelief Hmm. rather than just unbelief Mm -hmm. because disbelief is the inability to conceive of it. So if you take, let's say you take a person who believes that all evangelical Christians or Bible believing Christians are Republicans that voted for Donald Trump, who believe that we should emit as much carbon as possible and destroy the earth and, make women bear more children and whatever, you know, just mm-hmm. add all that narrative in there. Mm-hmm. And you say, that's not true. None of that's true actually. Um, and instead what we are as people who believe in the risen Christ yeah. and obey God's written word together in as loving a way as we can figure out. Mm-hmm. And we vote for all kinds of people and our political prudence is very suspect, mm-hmm. but our, but our hearts are not bound to that. And that's not how we're bound to each other. Right. Mm-hmm. And, they just go, well, that can't possibly be, right? And you and you may give them reasons like that, for example, in the Iowa primary, very few Christians who went to church two Sundays a month or more voted for Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. They almost all voted for somebody else, mm-hmm. right? And that's pretty good evidence that evangelicals didn't want to vote for Donald Trump, right? Yeah. In the end, they just thought Hillary Clinton was worse, right? That may be wrong, but that's what they thought, right? Yeah. But they didn't want to vote for him. They didn't like him. Yeah. That's a fact. And they just go, no, and they just jump to something else. Now, it could just be like they they believe so many of these other pretended facts Mm -hmm. that they just can't conceive of the idea Mm -hmm. that there could be a form of Christian faith that really believes in scripture Mm -hmm. and in the gospel that is loving.
0: Yeah, which that would be disbelief, right? And that's disbelief, right? And
1: so the problem that they have is not a reason problem. It's an aesthetic problem. Mm -hmm. Artistically, in terms of wisdom, nobility, beauty, they Mm -hmm. can't, they can't see the beauty mm-hmm. Right And so you can give them reasons And it won't help mm-hmm. Right You you can give them reasons To knock down Some of their objections mm-hmm. But at some point You have to tell them a story That inspires them Yeah Right Tim Keller says it this way For like in New York City Obviously New York City Is a very progressive city You do mm-hmm. it differently If you're in Panama City Florida Right But he said They Their like Mythology is A world of equality And diversity
2: mm-hmm.
1: Okay And if you can't tell that story. They're not interested in your story. Yeah. Right. They don't want a story of personal improvement and forgiveness Mm -hmm. with God. Mm -hmm. Right. And so Tim Keller is like, okay, great. Well, here's, here's the story of the gospel that in Christ, God has broken the dividing wall of hostility. You know, Ephesians two between Mm -hmm. people who have hated each other for all eternity. Mm -hmm. And he can bring them together in Christ in this thing called the church. And in that church, equality grows much greater than it does anywhere else in the world. And that's actually true in America, people who go to multi-ethnic churches, the income equality between the races is the highest it is in any other sociological connection between any racial groups in America. Hmm. So if you're a black person and a white person and you go to the same church, it's obvious, like, you believe in the same stuff, your values are aligned, so you feel like you can trust each other, you give each other opportunities, right? You become productive together, and what happens is your incomes norm closer to each other and mm-hmm. you have income equality. You have all kinds of other equality. You have interpersonal equality. You tend to get more intermarriage, hmm. which tends to lead to less bigoted hatred, all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, right? And it's because of the unifying power of the Christian faith, yeah, which comes from Christ. Yeah. So Keller's like, look, we can tell the story, mm-hmm. right? And so... For disbelief, you have to create the aesthetic. Mm-hmm. You have to tell the story. You have to tell them there is a happy ending to your story, but not based on the worldview that you already have. Yeah, Jesus is the happy ending yeah. and can bring the happy ending to the story you are already telling. Mm-hmm. But the way you think you're going to get a happy ending, you're not going to. Yeah. And you never have, and it will never happen. Yeah, And so just so, so when you're dealing with non-belief yeah. and it's not working, Mm-hmm. You have to ask yourself the question: Is the problem disbelief? Mm-hmm. They need a picture. They need to feel it. They right. need to imagine something different. Right. Or is it unbelief? They don't want to believe it. Yeah, and it's usually both.
0: Yeah, I had a I had a roommate that I lived with who I because I let him kind of draw the battle line. I repeatedly kept going after the non-belief problem. he would be like, okay, what about this argument? Now tell me argument. What about this argument? Tell me argument. What about this argument? Tell the argument. And it came to a point where, yeah, where I had to realize it wasn't non-belief. It was disbelief that when he, when he would actually sit with emotionally the aesthetics of the gospel, he would believe. And then, and then of course he would, you know, a couple weeks later, he would think of all the, the issues again and then fall away. But it was a, um, his problem was primarily that he didn't believe in the aesthetics of it. So he, so his unbelief took, took hold of that mm-hmm. and then it manifested itself through the non-belief. Right. So through the throwing out questions um, and right. the moment, if he could think of another question, that was a reason to not believe.
1: Sometimes non-belief because it's based in reasons for certain kinds of personality types is, mm-hmm. um, that feels more le- uh, like a more legitimate reason to reject, yeah, the the truth, yeah, rather than just say I can't conceive of this, yeah, or it's just now some people who aren't very rational, mm-hmm. they will they will say you're a bad person because you're a Christian, you believe all these hateful things, mm-hmm. and it, it's ugly. The yeah. problem is that the minute they do that, those claims could be subjected to, to analysis. Mm-hmm. You could say, okay, you think that I'm anti science, I'm non progressive, I am probably bigoted and or racial hatred and so on. Let's go through those objections and see if they're in fact true. Can we define the terms? Can we determine the scope? Can we (laughs) look for data? Right. And usually they don't want anything to do with that because they haven't believed it for those reasons. They've believed it because people they have come to trust told them it was true. Right. Which is how most of us believe everything. Okay. So it's not like it's just them. Right. But that's how we come to believe aesthetics. People say, Oh, those people are bad. These people are good. And we go, Oh, I trust you. Okay. Yeah. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. So I think an important takeaway from what you're saying is that it's not just that one of these four is the layer above unbelief. That it can right. be, it could be, it could first start as ig- ignorance could be the top layer. Then underneath that could be non-belief. Then underneath that could be disbelief. Then underneath that could be unbelief working through all three of those. So you could right. learn the stuff, but then be like, oh, here's the arguments that don't make sense. You could get the arguments that don't make sense. they be like, Oh, now I, that makes sense. But this is why it's a bad picture. Right. Then you could get the good picture and be like, "Well, I still don't believe." So it can be, yeah, it can be a very multi varied problem.
1: Yeah, and of course, the the more educated you get, the more sophisticated you come at, become at lying to yourself. Right. And also, sometimes the more sophisticated your other difficulties become, mm-hmm. and so. um yeah, and, and all of these have multiple causes. Like, doubt has a lot of causes. Like, doubt can be caused by worldliness, mm-hmm. or doubt can be caused by, by non-belief. Right. And they they feel similar. Yeah. Like, I've had a number of people, somebody recently said to me, I felt like my faith disappeared. Like, it was like my house was built on limestone and something just dissolved it. And I just felt mm-hmm. my faith just go away. Mm-hmm. Right? Why? Well, there's a number of reasons that could happen.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right? Um, and so, sort of, so part of the issue is, is that you should always assume, especially if you're a Christian, yeah. if you're a Christian and you already believe in what God says about how our minds and hearts work, mm-hmm. you should always assume that there is more unbelief than you ever dared fear hmm. in whatever difficulty in believing that you're having. Yeah. Okay. Because we are self-deceiving lying to ourselves sorts of creatures Mm -hmm. and we live not, not just in terms of the flesh, but then worldliness wise. And we live in a culture of such creatures that have been multiplying and publishing Mm -hmm. those evasions. Right. Right. Consistently. And then we are also effected by right. The demonic or devils or Mm -hmm. temptation basically saying like encouraging us and helping us with the reasoning behind,
2: Mm Mm-hmm
1: that and so if you believe that anthropologically that's what a human being is that's the state we're in, that's what we call the human condition yeah then you should be enormously suspect yeah towards your own heart and that's one of the first steps of humility
2: mm-hmm.
1: right and if you're not a christian then i think one of the first steps towards christianity is just empirically starting to pay attention to how dishonest you are mm-hmm most people can recognize very easily if they are willing to open themselves to the possibility to recognize they're incredibly dishonest with themselves mm-hmm. on so many levels. Mm-hmm. And once you start seeing that, you start to begin to say, okay, wait, yeah, this is an issue. How would you possibly get around this? What, how'd you, what would you possibly do about this? Mm-hmm. And if it's your own mind that's a problem, it's very hard to dig down underneath it. Yeah. And so that doesn't prove Christianity true, mm-hmm. but it proves that Christianity is onto something Mm -hmm. that many of your peers in your previous thinking wasn't. Yeah. So maybe you should listen to more. Yeah. You know, but part of it is the idea of the, uh, just like in our culture right now, there is a, there's a very strong push Mm -hmm. towards disbelief to sowing disbelief in every person that like Christianity is evil, quaint, Mm -hmm. anti-science, anti-gay, ugly, hateful, shallow, weak, um, uh, obscurantist, ordinary, um, you know, narrow, like just mm-hmm. every, I mean, like it, it, you, like there are some people who are like, because Christianity is attacked by any weapon to hand, mm-hmm. like people throw every insult at it, even contradictory insults. It almost proves it true. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, and you be after, if you're a Christian, it's it kind of like being a black person and being like, looking at the way things happen. And you're like, mm-hmm. there's so yeah. many things it just kind of proves that what we think is right. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, Christians, because the more we are a minority and the more we see people attacking us, even in completely contradictory ways, sometimes in the same sentence mm-hmm. as a Christian, it's kind of affirming after a while. Cause you're kind of like, yeah, you're just saying whatever comes to your mind mm-hmm. to attack me mm-hmm. and what I believe. Yeah. Um, but if you're not a Christian, th- that doesn't feel true. Mm-hmm. And so, as, so that's why God is sending preachers to you. Yeah. people to witness to you. That's why he's trying to reveal himself to you in various ways Yeah, to try to help you consider something that you may not yeah. feel willing to consider right now. Yeah, But the fact is, and so if you're listening and you think that that's true, you don't know Jesus. Hmm. You do not understand Christian faith. You do not understand the real picture of godliness. Um, you don't understand how the Bible critiques religion itself hmm. and that the worst critiques of ugly faith are found in the Bible itself mm-hmm. and the Bible condemns them and says that people that live in them are damned. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you just don't understand anything about Christian, the Christian faith. And I do, I just want you to know that hopefully so that God can use that to build some kind of curiosity in you. Yeah. And if you are a parent or somebody who's trying or a teacher or somebody who's trying to lead people with faith, you need to quit thinking that ignorance and non-belief are the main issue people are dealing with Christians mm. or non-Christians mm. other than unbelief. The next thing an American child or adult is dealing with is disbelief.
2: Mm-hmm. The
1: wor- worldliness and their internal flesh are seeking to try to make Christian faith. Unbelievable mm-hmm. because that is one of the most potent roadblocks that there can be. And it's one of the ones we overlook when we, as the church try to remove roadblocks and yeah. because it is the most potent way it's removed is by beauty. And beauty only comes through maturity and most Christians don't want to mature Mm -hmm. because even as believers we hold on to our unbelief which causes us to enliven the flesh rather than kill it which Mm -hmm. tends to lead to enormously ugly, shallow, brittle lives that are not attractive at all Mm -hmm. and therefore they're not very good remedies to the unbelief of our neighbors. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why as High Point Church one of the things we focused on over and over and over again is becoming people of substance. Yeah. Pursuing godliness. Mm -hmm. It's not just what we're supposed to do, it is what produces everything we're supposed to produce, including helping people overcome their
0: disbelief. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, the the question I was going to ask, which it sounds like you've mostly answered is at the end of this, we, so we look at the the various facets of unbelief and see, I think more often than not, um, a, well, a way that we can be hopeful is as we identify these things, we can hopefully identify things that we can deal with that aren't unbelief. And that can be, that can be a hope producing thing for us that we don't need to just be stuck in the gloom of, you know, there's this amorphous feeling that I have that is leading me away from Christ. Mm -hmm. But the question then is how can being clear on these things produce hope for us moving forward? Like what is that? What is the hopeful side of the, the difficulty that is unbelief?
2: Yeah.
1: <clears throat> well, it can make you more successful in ministering to people. Yeah. You may have lost some hope in whether or not you can help people get closer to God. And if you figure out what's what and you minister to it, well, mm-hmm. um, you may have, you may see your ministry help people more. Yeah. I think, um, some people feel stuck religiously or spiritually who aren't Christians yet, or who are, you know, kind of dawdling around the crossing line, you know, mm-hmm. and if you recognize what unbelief is and you can see it for what it Mm -hmm. it you'll free you because you'll sit, wait, you'll be like, wait a second. I'm not, I'm not wandering around here because I really need more information. I'm not Mm -hmm. doing this because I don't have clear enough arguments. Yeah. I don't want to believe. Yeah. I'm, I am in rebellion Mm -hmm. and, um, I'm I'm either rebelling against the claim of Christian faith or I'm rebelling against the God that exists. Mm -hmm. And I need to take that really seriously. And, And in any case, either growing out of ignorance or growing in finding reasons or the believability of Christian faith, one of the things you need to recognize is Mm -hmm. there is no self-defining moment of transition to belief. Mm -hmm. You have to choose Mm -hmm. because the presence of unbelief is always there. Okay. So you're never going to get enough information. You're never going to get enough reasons. Like at some point you have to say, I need to make a call Mm -hmm. because unbelief will always be with me. Also if you can diagnose Your own insanity Mm -hmm. If you can see that Part of what's producing Your doubts Is your unbelief Like you Because you're refusing To believe in God In a certain area Yeah Because you won't Obey him in one thing that unbelief is producing disbelief in other areas and mm-hmm. causing your unbelief to grow and take over more territory in your own heart, yeah. which is covering over itself with disbelief and is creating doubt and gloom in you mm-hmm. and you're losing your faith.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And the solution to that is not more arguments that don't exist. Yeah. The solution to that is repentance and faith yeah. and going back to the first thing you didn't want to obey and trusting God.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so there are, there are remedies The main remedy every Christian requires is repentance, faith Mm. every single day. If, 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 if you have a day that goes by as a Christian and you're like, and at some point you're not like that was, I'm totally wrong. God, I'm totally wrong. Mm -hmm. And you are right. And I'm sorry. And turn my heart back to you. Yeah. You have no conception of what unbelief is doing to you. And it's ruining your life. Mm. It's making you a, a double-minded person so you can't make good decisions. Mm. It's mm. causing you to be angry about the stuff God has called you out of. And why can't you have that too? Yeah. Why can't I fornicate and have a great marriage? Why can't I uh, why can't yeah. I why can't I why can't I eat cake every meal and be thin? Why why have you put these <laughs> limitations on me? You can't yeah. be loving. Unbelief is doing that to you. It's making you insane. It's taking away all your joy. Mm. The hope here's the hope. If you can identify unbelief where it really is. And Mm -hmm. if you will repent and believe you are opening the pathway to being freed from all the choking effects of worldliness and pride and unbelief, and you're opening the door to the freedom of joy Mm -hmm. of being unconflicted, of being one person of having the integrity of spiritual maturity and of there and therefore in becoming one thing, actually growing strong Mm -hmm. and becoming the Oak of righteousness. You were always meant to be. Yeah. And, and to be full of thankfulness all the time of mm-hmm. what God is doing in your life and what he's doing through your life. And so I think that, um, like I say, it's the same reason we have to pursue godliness. The, the fighting, the reasons to fight unbelief are the same reasons we pursue godliness. Yeah. So that we will be effective and productive in our knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yeah. And so that we will receive a rich welcome into the glorious kingdom of our Lord and savior, Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because he's given us everything we need for godliness. Yeah. But, but he's done it through him who called us by his own glory and goodness through his very great and precious promises. You have to believe them. You have to believe the good and precious promises. You have to turn to the one who has saved us by his own glory and goodness. You have to believe that he is glorious and good. Mm -hmm. I mean, that claim that Jesus is glorious and good is the remedy to disbelief.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: He's not evil. Christianity is not evil. Jesus Mm -hmm. is not evil. He is good and he is glorious. Mm -hmm. And when you see that and you see that it's not disbelief, but unbelief that is ruining your ability to enjoy it. Yeah. You will be freed to, it says in the passage, participate in the divine nature. Yeah. And escape the corruption that is in the world. Yeah. I think that's
0: really good. Yeah. I think that's hopeful. Yeah. I mean, that sounds hopeful to me. Yeah. 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 Amen. Great. Well, thanks everybody for listening. Hopefully this was helpful and clarifying (laughs) as we talk about. Yeah. So as we talk about the four things that Nick identified that are certainly not the whole list, but are helpful things to look at as you're dealing, if you're dealing with issues of doubt or disbelief or unbelief, um, being able to look at those four different things and ask, okay, is this ignorance? Is this doubt? Is this non-belief? Is this disbelief? Or is there something under this that is unbelief that I can repent of and believe anew. And,
1: and I think you can use those five categories in mentoring relationships. Yep. I think you can use them in evangelistic or witnessing relationships. Mm-hmm. I think you can use them, they're very useful in parenting relationships. Yeah, And then most importantly, they're they're very useful in you dealing with yourself. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. For more information on this, uh, we also posted a blog at hpcmadison.com um, talking more about these different categories so you can go online there. But next time thanks for listening guys God bless. thanks for listening to this episode of the engage and equip podcast if you'd like to find more episodes you can go online to highpointchurch.org slash podcast you can also find us online on apple podcasts google podcasts overcast and other apps like that We hope this episode was helpful to you as you grow in becoming a substantive disciple and a part of the local church. If this episode was helpful to you, rate or review us on Apple Podcasts or otherwise share this episode with a friend. Those are some of the best ways that we have to reach new listeners. So until next time, thanks for listening to this episode of Engage and Equip.